Hello everyone and welcome to Much Better People. This is a podcast that was created to be alongside you during those transitional times in life, but especially the ones that are kicking your ass a little bit more than others. I'm your host Somia and each week I'll be joined by a new guest to discuss their loves and losses, generally in their 20s, and the lessons that they've learned and that they'll bring forward into their 30s. I'm really pleased to be able to introduce Rachel today. Rachel, to me, is somebody that epitomises independence. She studied abroad at a young age, moving to the US when she was only 20. And since then, she's travelled, she's seen the world, and she's currently residing in Barcelona, where she's just launched her business, Pet Buddies, which I'm really excited to talk to her a little bit more about. I think she just is somebody that champions others' successes and is generally really positive. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on the podcast, Rachel. Thank you so much for your kind words, Samia. It's a pleasure to be here. And honestly, I kind of feel like I've got imposter syndrome right now. But no, thank you so much. And um, congrats on the podcast as well. Thank you. I think a lot of the people who are actually great feel like they have imposter syndrome. And then (laughs) then the people that are just like, yeah, I'm like, I'm amazing. Um, But yeah, no, I really appreciate your time. I know it's a busy time for you and you've got a few different things on the go. This podcast is about love and loss. So Mm -hmm. we'll, of course, get on to that. And then lessons that you've learned. And it would be really useful for our guests as well to think Mm -hmm. about, like I I mentioned before, the transition of you going to America at that young age. And since then, having been on the move and being away from your family and your friends and I guess the comforts of home, which is in the UK. Can you tell me a little bit about your decision to go to America and what that was based in? Sure. Yeah. So I think... Now I look back, a lot of my inspiration came from my big brother. So we're eight years apart and he kind of filled a big, a big role in my life growing up. In one sense, he um, showed me that there's more to life than just Huddersfield. That's where I'm from. Um, shout out. Because, yeah, shout out to Huddersfield. <laughs> um, basically, he was doing like American football camps and stuff. I remember when I was younger and then when I was in high school, he actually decided to move to China to teach English. Now he's like head of department in Hong Kong. So he's done very, very well, Uh, my brother. Shout out to him also. And yeah, I guess from then I kind of was influenced by that in a a sense. And when I graduated from, or should I say, when I got my A-levels from college, I was like most young teenagers confused. There was nothing that really stood out to me in terms of what can I apply to general life, you know? And I remember my mum sat me down one day, I can still picture it now, she was on one sofa, I was on the other sofa, and she's like, so what's going to motivate you in life? And I was like, I think travelling, mum, I think that's probably what I want to do long term. And she was like, right, we need to, you know, look at all the different degrees that will allow you to do so, and do so in a country that you'd want to move to. And this was, I'm going to say nine years ago. So yeah, and one of the degrees that allowed me to do so but do so for an extended period of time was um, a degree called American Studies which not many people have heard of. It was a split degree where I started out in Hull for a few years and then from that I applied to go to Cal State Fullerton which for me was a major thing and then I collected research for my final year dissertation which I actually wrote on the crack cocaine epidemic. I had an incredible experience. I met you know people from all over the world which I'm still friends with today and I guess that just gave me that little itch to continue to travel so yeah once I graduated from Hull I then um, sort of transitioned back to the UK for a little while to save up money and kind of get my feet on the ground I tried to start out in a career that I didn't particularly like and from then it kind of 
showed me that I do want to continue to travel. And that's why I've been based in Barcelona for the past three and a half years, coming up to four years now. Great. Thank you. That's a good overview of what's been going on for you. And I really love, you know, your mum sitting you down and then asking you what motivates you? Because I think that's just an incredible question to ask somebody at that age where you are generally, I think, quite fragile and a little bit uncertain. I mean, if you're one of those people that maybe knew what they wanted to do since they were like five, good for you. But for most people, you know, it's a difficult decision. So yeah, I really like the way the way that she phrased that. And clearly it's had such an impact because I can see that you're living a life that's just so full of so many different experiences. You know, you're living somewhere where the culture is so different to your own. I know you've met lots of people from different backgrounds and comes back to that kind of thing I mentioned at the beginning about independence. I was wondering as well if you could tell me a little bit about, you mentioned you were in a career that maybe wasn't right for you. And I think that's quite a universal experience, especially in your 20s. What was that? And can you tell us a little bit about how you moved out of that? Yeah, for sure. So when I first graduated from university, like most people, I was looking for a graduate scheme. When I think back to that time, it was awful. It was petrifying. I just remember applying to so many different graduate schemes, like crossing my fingers that, you know, you get in because that's, that was the most common route to take. And I eventually wound up getting a graduate scheme for a, an amazing global confectionery company actually, but it was a, a role in sales and I was completely brand new to it. Although I'd worked in sales, but more or less like more customer service based sales before, I just didn't get any enjoyment out of it. I didn't particularly love the product. I didn't particularly love that I was remote as well. So I had to like drive around. I had my own territory and I was so, I remember I was so young. I was only 21 or 22, Mm -hmm. you know, and to do that job at that age, it just, it just wasn't for me. And I'm not saying that that's not for everyone. I think there's people in that sort of industry that, that love it and they love sales and they love speaking with people, which I do, but not in that sense. I don't particularly like to sell something to somebody unless it's something that I'm inspired by, which I wasn't at the time. So from then, (laughs) more conversations with my mom about, you know, mom, I don't really like this job. Like, what can I do? And again, more conversations around like, so what is going to inspire you? Like, what do you like doing? And again, I think it's come from my brother. So I ended up going to work in in a college at Huddersfield Tech, which you'll probably know. So I was working there as a support worker. And then more things started clicking to me. I was like, wow, I love you know, education. I like teaching. I like being there to motivate and inspire young children to do what they want to do, or at least help them get to where they want to be. And I was like, let's put two and two together and see what jobs I can do abroad where it's still in education, but it's, you know, overseas. And that's when I found the TEFL qualification online, which allows you to be a teacher abroad. And yeah, that's, that's what I transitioned into, which I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed recently I've done another career change so I'm now working in coding which is completely different to what I set out before but again it's just I kind of go with what am I feeling inspired by at the time like what is the globe saying like what can get me to where I want to be next and I think right now the coding industry just data in general is a great space to be in and I I really enjoy it so here I am yeah you know I really like the fact that you keep yourself open as well to these different opportunities. There is always time to think about what actually inspires you and what motivates you. And just because you've committed mm-hmm. to something in that in that moment doesn't mean that it has to be the next 20 years. And I actually have another yeah. guest on the podcast who said something quite similar. For him, it's a few years really committing to something, getting as much as he can out of it. And then 
reassessing right. where he is and often that means moving on for him and trying something different so yeah mm-hmm. I really like that I'm behind that no definitely so you said when you do that you're also thinking about what's next for you and right. you know getting yourself to a goal mm-hmm. could you tell us a little bit about the sort of wider goals that you have I don't know if that's a bit of a, <laughs> a bit of an intense <laughs> question but I think, you, yeah, <laughs> I think you got I think you're on it or in, I guess what I'm really interested about is going from having that experience in sales going right. to teaching which I'm sure you learned loads of skills and then mm-hmm. into coding so yeah. in the future a little bit further down the line but what is it that you're um thinking about very good question and definitely like in parallel to what you're saying I can't really see myself in any same role for an expansive amount of time and the reason I say that is just because the world technology everything's moving so fast that I think our generation more than anything is one that why why shouldn't we take advantage of the fact that we kind of move around jobs and we look at our parents they did have to stay in the same world because that's all that was available right but now we live in a world where we can like swap and change and try different things out so I guess long term I've always had at the back of my mind that I want to start like a mentoring business. This is in parallel to what I started out in, in terms of at the college when I was a support worker. And also right now I've just recently launched Pet Buddies, which is a all-in-one pet service. So I've always definitely wanted to work for myself. And my whole life I've been making a lot of money for other people, which has been great because I've got all these skills and I was never in a position where I was able to launch something on my own. But I think long term, what would be most important for me would be to be able to help people that I kind of lost because I was lost. You know, when I think back to after college, I really didn't honestly have an idea what I wanted to do. And I think to be able to inspire someone or to at least help them get to where they want to be would be um, a great thing that hopefully one day I can launch. So professionally that's where I'd want to be and now so with like spiritually and I'm I'm tapping a lot into mindfulness I think like day by day I just want to try be a better person whether that's um like on a friendship level as a daughter as a sister I think it's really important that all this energy that we put into our professional life we really also put it into us right because yeah Again, going back to life, life is way too short to just constantly be focused on one thing for an expanded amount of time. I think if you can put that same amount of energy into yourself and you can really focus on growing, whether that's through meditation or mindfulness or just getting out into nature, it's really, really important that I work on myself to be um, a better person. And, you know, there's so many things out there as well, like we're saying, the world is out ice, which sounds so cliche and cringy, but... (laughs) There's so many amazing tools out there right now where we can really, really help ourselves do better, be better and and feel better as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If we bring it back to the themes of the podcast, what would you say are one of your loves in your 20s that, that, you know, that you'd want to talk about? It's two things. Number one, the friends that I've met. I can't, if I think back to when I was just in high school, I never thought in a thousand years I'd have such meaningful friendships with people and it it goes beyond oh like do you want to hang out tonight do you want to go for drinks it's having that person that you trust and that circle that you trust for me which has completely changed my perception of, of friendships but it's also shown me to value those friendships and to really if you can not always possible when you're traveling but but hold on to them and this doesn't mean you have to text that person every single day because I mean that's kind of creepy but if you can you know find time once a month I mean I've got friends where I literally speak to them once a year but when we're back together it's like we've never been apart 
you know? So I think definitely the friends that I have right now are just incredible. That's definitely one of my loves. I think what you just said there is really important and it seems to be a theme that's coming up for people coming on the podcast as well. And the way that we've grown up um, and the society (laughs) that we've been raised in, um, lots of things are quite fast, aren't they? There's a lot of that kind of what we talk about as instant gratification or that immediate response. And I think what you said about, you know, you might talk to some of your friends once a year, but actually when you meet up, it's like no time has passed. It takes a great deal of commitment and attention to friendships and relationships to make sure that they are like that. And so I think friendship is obviously a really, really important love. You know, as you are in your 20s, you're mm-hmm. gaining independence, but you're still lost <laughs> you Definitely. Know, to an extent. Yeah, And for sure. there are your peers, you know, and, and those people are going through quite similar things to you in, in you know, at different times. Yeah. Um, and I wonder, being away from home and, you know, having lived away for a while, mm. do you see any kind of differences culturally being in Spain and the friends that you maybe made there or how they spend their time in their friendship groups or, in you know, relate to one another? Is it any different from the UK? I would, I would say so, yeah. And I think it's going back to your point of feeling lost. I feel like when you travel as well, most people here are either escaping from something or they're trying to find themselves. So you already have that connection, which you wouldn't really have in the UK. I feel like my friends back home, very settled. Um, and that's great. I'm super happy for them, but here we're not, we're not settled. Like we're doing, we're doing like A, B and C. We're trying out different things. We're going like traveling every weekend. There's no real commitment to this place where we are right now, where I know back in the UK, that's different. So I think culturally a thousand percent, the friendships that I've made abroad are different but I get different things out of different friendship groups, you know? So my friends back home, they know me inside and out and that's family. You know, those are people that have known me for years. They see me transition though, which for some people back home, that's, it's difficult to see, right? It's difficult to see somebody that you knew 10 years ago, she was this person and now she's a completely different person. However, because I'm around my friends here so often, like we're kind of used to, this quick change or you know for example with with me when I look at myself last year and where I am right now like I've transitioned so much and I've changed so much but it's kind of more acceptable here I think because there's no real um let's say emphasis on staying the same person because a lot of people have come here to grow so I would say that's the main thing and also another thing is just completely being up for anything like I remember when I first moved away from home I was like super scared to like try new things try new food go to somewhere on my own like all those sort of things here like people are definitely a lot more open-minded to just try something and at the moment there's like a really weird thing going around of doing pottery classes I don't know if it's the same in the UK (laughs) okay (laughs) probably not but yeah it's just like just little things like that that you never would have done back home that you try here because why not? So yeah, yeah, you're in a different place. And I think as well, I suppose if you've got that inclination to travel and your personality probably is, you know, slightly, um, maybe different to people who are quite comfortable mm-hmm. and, and happy to stay at home. And again, I completely agree with you. I think you find whatever's best for you. Yeah. Um, and, and there's, you know, one is not better than the no, other, but once you do find those people that you can relate to maybe more, you learn about yourself a little bit faster because like you said, you are trying new things and learning what you like and don't like. Yeah. And that's something that I'm 
kind of looking forward to as well. Um, but for you, what would be a huge transition or, or change that you've seen in yourself? Can you tell me a little bit more? Sure. Um, so last year I went through a breakup and usually after you've been in a relationship for a while, right? You, well, for me, at least I, that was all I knew. And I do on reflection kind of feel like I lost certain parts of my personality that I would have had before because I, you know, I was super in love and, you know, we had a, a great relationship, but then when you're out of that and you're on your own, you're like, Oh, like, wow, what actually happened to me? So I think Mm. that shock of Rachel independent to Rachel being dependent to now Rachel independent again was quite scary. And that's when I started to do a lot of work on myself. So one of the things that's like really, really changed, I'm not going to say, well, I think it has changed my life is a book that I read called how to do the work by the holistic psychologist, which I highly recommend to anybody listening doesn't really matter if you've got traumas or not. It's, it's basically designed to help you navigate through life in a more healthy fashion, let's say. And also it, it bears in mind that do it like I was talking about your career, like how you want to maybe be a manager next year or how you want to own your own company. You should kind of want that within yourself. You should want, you know, steps and goals and things to get to that you have to work on. Right whether that's being a better person, whether that's, you know, dealing with traumas or anger issues or whatever it is, yeah. it helps you with all of that. Um, yeah, this is cheesy, but being a much better person. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. I had to do it. <laughs> I love that, I love that. Um, and yeah, it's just, it, yeah. it really, really helped me in that transition. I also went to therapy and, you know, now I think um, just just a little things it's talking about. I would recommend to read it. And, um, yeah. one of the points that I always like to point out to people is a section called reparenting. I don't know if you've, if you've heard of that before. I've not actually. No. Okay. So this doesn't mean like people be like, wait, so you have bad parents. Like, no, it doesn't, doesn't mean that at all. It, yeah. When you get to this later stage of your twenties, let's say we're, we're getting further and further attached from mummy and daddy, right? Or depending on parents, we're becoming financially stable. We're starting to make most of our decisions for ourselves now. Um, and that independence can feel sometimes overwhelming. So one of the final chapters is called Reparenting. It's about how to be there for yourself. So I'll give you an example, like just before I came on this podcast, I was literally giving myself like a pep talk. Like you remember when you were younger and you had like a talent competition or you were, I don't know, doing a football match, your parents would be there cheering you on before you went on like the stage or like on the pitch. They'd be like, no, don't worry, you've got this. And that's what I'm trying to do for myself. It's giving yourself that, that backing or that inner hug to be able to do something and to be able to say nice things to yourself. When you mentioned that concept of reparenting, something like dinged in my brain. I was like, wow, even that, just that phrase, it's really, really insightful already obviously you don't think about yourself as your inner child Mm -hmm. necessarily on a conscious level but there is so much of that work that you still need to do and even more so as you get you know as you gain that independence and I think of I mean I'm not a parent but I think of parenting you know one of the the biggest kind of skills around that is to equip your child with the the way you know to I guess integrate into society is a big one but also to be able to kind of hold their own boundaries with those relationships with others Mm -hmm. and not lose themselves Mm -hmm. in those relationships um which kind of strikes me as what you were saying about the fact you went from independent Rachel to dependent to you know yeah and I just think that 
reparenting is a great way to kind of summarize that is there anything else that stands out to you with that chapter around I guess more practical tip that you could give yeah definitely I think we struggle in our later 20s with I think I've touched on it before so just feeling overwhelmed or overburdened because I live away from home like they can feel quite lonely you know it's not like I can just call my mum or my dad and be like right I'm coming around for like a Sunday dinner first of all Sunday dinners don't exist here (laughs) and second of all yeah boo and second of all my my family's not here (laughs) so it's just releasing that inner power that we all have within us right and knowing that we are all that we need it is there it is there you just have to tap into it and that comes with many other things like building up your self-confidence trying out different things you know, going for that job role, going on that travel or whatever it, whatever it is you need to do. And then being able to tap into the fact that we are only all we have and being comfortable with that and being happy with yeah. that. And that will transfer into everything. Like when I next get into a relationship, for example, I'm probably hopefully not going to feel that I have to be dependent on that person because I know I can depend on myself. Right. Um, and the same with the same with everything. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm on my own, I don't particularly get lonely anymore which I used to before because I'm, I'm super comfortable within within my own skin so yeah a few a few different things that I would that I would say around that yeah definitely that, that's all really helpful and I guess some people might listen to this and be like yeah I do that and maybe it comes more naturally to them but just the decision to buy that book and and to do that work is incredible because like you said some people have traumas and obviously that really needs mm-hmm. you know a certain level of support that's that's you know elevated but you're saying you know you have a great relationship with your parents of course they're not perfect I assume (laughs) you know you're not saying that they were sort of these instrumental or huge problems but even then you know having that healthy relationship and having those needs met as a child pretty much you do still need to to think about yourself as you as you you know gain independence Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm all for the reading. I've had a few books quoted on here actually. I'm getting all the intellectuals on. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> but um the thing you said as well about being less lonely or not lonely and being comfortable with your own mm. company, that's really something that, that comes with age and it reminded me actually I was chatting to a friend yesterday um so we were talking about religion and spirituality as well and she she said something about the Quran and I just wanted to say it because it really really struck me and she essentially was talking about a very similar thing to you in the sense that she's very comfortable like her natural state really is alone you know it's her and she's not seeking these relationships but if they were to come to her and you know are worth her time then that's great But she did say, essentially, because she's always had God and she's had the creator, she doesn't rely on the creation. So, yeah, I'm not 100% sure how we got to this point, but that's why I love this podcast. (laughs) Um, So thank you for sharing that. I mean, I kind of stopped you and took you on a tangent. So that brings us on to loss. And I wonder, I guess, what you would bring today in terms of losses that you've had in, in your 20s that have shaped you. Yeah, so linked to my love is definitely my loss and my loss of friendships, which is completely natural, right? Even if you're back home and you've transitioned from 20s to 30s, there's going to be friends back home that you've lost. And it's it's not that you don't particularly like that person. It's just we're all changing. And like we've touched on many times, we're changing quicker more than yeah. ever, right? So yeah, it's it's really sad. It's it's one of those things that I look back to my uni friends. I'm like, wow, I actually don't speak to that person anymore. And yeah, it's just, it's just part of growing up and it's not something I resent. I 
completely get it and I think it's natural and it's normal so yeah I think that's probably one of the biggest the biggest losses um is linked to friends um and then also something we've already touched on is just how I've completely lost myself at different episodes strangely enough usually when I'm in a relationship <laughs> seem to like yeah um I don't know I guess I was just one of those partners that just completely got immersed and I'm very like happy-go-lucky like head over heels fell in love with this person which is I'm sure many people listen have felt the same thing you know that person becomes your world but it's it's kind of something I want to step away from this whole jargon of you're of a half or this person must complete you I completely don't particularly agree I'm not saying I'm right at all but I don't really agree with that anymore I think that's can be quite negative jargon to think that somebody else must complete you to be honest I think you can complete yourself um but again this is something I've learned over the last year it's not something something I knew before so yeah I'd say that would be the second loss but she's back and she's um she's ready to go so (laughs) so yeah there's no there's no handsome guy like outside right now that's gonna like get me back into that state so yeah (laughs) and I wonder if I could ask you what for you the relationship or relationships that you've had previously what did they kind of encompass for you what what would you say are probably what some of the main things that that you really enjoyed or that you that you got out of out of them the reason I'm asking that even though this is a bit wordy is because a lot of the time that's linked to your loss and I know you said that loss of sense of self but I wonder if there's anything there that's a love and a loss in a particular relationship that's a very, very, very good question, to be honest. I think... <laughs> Is that code for <laughs> bastard? <laughs> I'm going to try. I'm going to try my best, but I'm probably not answering it correctly. It wasn't a very articulate way of asking it, um, but... No, it was great. It was a great question. I think I've, I've honestly never thought about this before, ever. So, yeah, first time for, for everything. I guess that sense of um being wanted I'm gonna say yeah I think that's a big thing for me and it's something that I've um found out during therapy I found out during all this work on myself is that I really used to have this need of being needed which was not healthy at all I don't need to be needed but at that time I I felt that's what love should be I felt this person doesn't need me then why why we're together you know so I got that at the time and actually did enjoy that feeling I enjoyed I enjoyed sounds kind of crazy but I enjoyed the feeling of feeling needed but I guess the more healthier thing that I really loved in um a relationship is just having that time of getting to know someone on like an emotional level right because you know we have we meet all these different people in our lives when we, when we look at work, we spend like eight hours a day with our colleagues. Do we get to know them on an emotional level? Probably not unless you're like married to somebody that you work with, right? So I think just having that intimate, loving, emotional connection. And then when you team that with, you're traveling together or you're meditating together or you're reading together for me, that is something that I probably miss. Oh no, Rachel's saying she's missing, <laughs> missing the relationship. But yeah, I think I, think I probably miss that (laughs) um you're allowed (laughs) you're allowed and I suppose you're allowed to also have it again in maybe a different way you know yeah yeah for sure for sure and I think that's it's sacred right and it's special and it's amazing that out of are we on nine billion people now or more on the planet that that we meet one person and 
you can just feel so connected to them. I think that for me was amazing. Yeah. Of course, losing that is, is very, very difficult and ties a little bit back to what you were saying about your sense of self, because naturally if you are, are having that really intense or close emotional connection with somebody, which is wonderful. I'm not like, hate. I didn't create this podcast to hate. Love. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then if you're also battling the fact that you, you're almost losing a sense of yourself in that an amazing emotional connection, it's a really hard balance to strike. Yeah. And I think, you know, you've mentioned a few things already that kind of help you when you evolve. When you're in a relationship again in the future, you know, you're able to just knowing so much more about yourself and how you operate. That's really important. Thank you for sharing that. I <laughs> I was cheeky. I'm just asking whatever I want. Um, and <laughs> throw it in there. The last thing really is just to ask you if you have a really wise sage lesson to share with us um, <laughs> that we can all learn from. <laughs> um, but no, just something even that and it doesn't have to be huge, um, just something that you have learned in your 20s that you think will you'll keep in your 30s and that will kind of help you navigate that yeah. decade a little bit. Okay, I think that's a great question. And I think it's something I've literally started doing over the past seven or eight. Now I'm going to say three months, let's put it at three months and it's changed my life so far. I feel like everything's changed my life in this podcast. It sounds so cliche. I'm so sorry. Everyone's <laughs> No, it's great. It's great. Like this girl. <laughs> um, and one thing that's been super powerful for me is like setting, setting intentions. So, you know, at work we have goals that we set for ourselves. Yeah. I mean, maybe you want to close that deal. Maybe you want to create some amazing content. Um, maybe you want to have, you know, a counseling session where you really feel like you've assisted that person in, in, with their needs or whatever yeah. so what I started doing is I've started setting my intentions every morning like on a personal level and you can probably do this whilst driving in the car and it's not something that everyone has to do because they're probably going to think that's that's strange I'm not saying everyone has to do this <laughs> but what I'll do is I'll go for a run and then I get to this like one viewpoint and I look at the sunrise and I'm like what is it that I want to achieve today on a personal level what is it do I want to achieve on a spiritual level um and sometimes like your job can be brought into this but I think what it's made me realize is that if you really set your mind to something then as long as you're making positive decisions and healthy decisions like you'll get there and I think this is just linking back to the fact that I never thought I'd be sat in Barcelona with a side hustle working as a coder sat in my own apartment and I know that for some people that won't be a big thing but for me when I look at where I'm from and the fact I was raised by a single mother and I went to my high school was in the middle of a council estate like I think I've actually done all right for myself and I think a lot of that comes down to just that inner sense of wanting and striving to do better so if anything I think setting your intentions every day is um, a great way to to live life. Yeah, definitely. And I think that grounds you as well, because you really have to think about where you are in order to set those intentions, obviously. Um, no, I think that's a really great lesson. And it's one I need to listen to because I, for, for example, this podcast or, or whatever my next kind of project is, because I'm a little bit kind of hyperactive. Um, I always kind of, I plan something, I do it, I execute it. I've never really had a problem with that. But I think the way you've described it is a lot more thoughtful in the sense of you are really taking stock of what's actually going on on a day-to-day -day basis. And I think I kind of just let that pass me by. And then suddenly I come to a point or a transitional point in my life where I'm like, oh, wait, I've not <laughs> thought about this for a long time. And now I'm forced to like, I guess, reconcile with so much at once. 
So yeah, thank you. I really value that as a as a lesson that you've you know that you'll use in your thirties definitely. So I think basically we've come to the end of the session, which I'm sad about because I've really enjoyed this. We've Same. gone all over the all over the place, haven't we? And and I know I've learned a lot. So in terms of pet buddies and your you know your business with that, obviously those things will be linked. So if anyone's interested in finding out, they can have a look on the links that will be associated with this podcast. I am so bad at you know promoting my own podcast so I'm gonna to have to do it now um so we have an Instagram page which is much better people podcast uh, which you can find us on a Twitter which is much better and it's p-e-o-p-1 so please do follow us and then um, we're hosted by Acast uh, which is great and you can just click on the links to listen to more episodes you can also email me and much better people at outlook.com and just another thank you to you Rachel for coming on and giving us your time and you said something just a few seconds ago about wondering whether it's a big deal that you're sat in Barcelona with your side hustle and your coding and uh, absolutely <laughs> I think you've achieved so much and the fact that you keep such a positive outlook and inspire others I think is is amazing so thanks again thank you so much it's been a pleasure it's been a great conversation and I wish you the best and you all right thank you thank bye you. bye